0: Would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and Maggie. You can reach us at our email address, LouisianaLadiesPodcast at gmail.com. We are here today for another episode of Louisiana Ladies. It is me and me only in terms of hosting. Uh, My name is Melissa Torito, but right now I'm joined with our lovely guest, Jill Durrett. Say hey, Jill.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: And we will talk to Jill in just a little bit. Um, since I don't have Maggie, we can't really bounce off of each other our opening segment, but I do have a few things that I want to talk about. I've mentioned Built Bars before on this podcast. It's a protein bar that basically tastes like a candy bar. And I swore to Maggie, I told her I cannot buy any more Built Bars. I have like eight packages of them. But then Built Bar came out with a dark chocolate cookie dough flavor, and I just had to do it. I just had to buy it, so those are coming in at some particular point. I will do a review of those. Um, Some people do not like the Bilt Bars because of the texture. It's kind of like a chewy nougat or nugget, (laughs) nougat. Uh, But I do because it's a candy bar that has protein in it, just being honest. And when you heat it up, it kind of turns into like a little bit of a brownie, so I'm sure there's some sort of chemical in there (laughs) that does that. Um, Anyway, so that's my – maybe Bilt Bar will sponsor us, right? Yeah, that should be a Built sponsors. Bar. I should be a Built Bar ambassador. I should also be a Peloton bike ambassador. But that's a whole other episode I could talk about the Peloton bike. Jill's laughing at me. Jill, <laughs> you feel free to interject. Because it's kind of weird when I start talking to I'm like, hey, I'm talking into this microphone. Um, okay, so our shout-outs for this week. Shout-outs. Amy Burley and Janet Brown. These are two ladies that work in our office. They have, I think Janet was here... Before I started, and Amy started a little bit after me. And Amy Burley, I don't know about Janet, but I know Amy, um, and I, I say her last name because we have three Amy's. We have three Amy's that work here. So I call her Amy B. But um, she is a fan of the podcast. So thank you, Amy, for sharing it on social media. And You know how you have people in your life that are, like, not family, but you feel like they're family? That's how I feel with these ladies. And I always tell them that instead of me saying they're my work mom, because, like, moms aren't always that cool, they're my work aunts. Because ants are cooler than moms, right? And so they have seen me at my best, and they have. I have. I am not going to lie. I've walked into their office in tears before, <laughs> just because I just needed to vent. So thank you, Amy and Janet. Really, um, I love you guys, and I appreciate uh, your friendship and support. And also, clearly, because you work at the firm, all that you do for the firm. So um, moving on to the new segment called Palm Proud of Myself Moment. <laughs> I made Love that, this. Made that up. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'm. Sh- I work out. Jill, you know I work out. Yeah. That's what Janae and I talked about when we went to lunch. Um. So I had a proud of myself moment this morning. I was doing a dumbbell chest press. And I started with 20-pound dumbbells, and I was like, mm, I think I can go up. And I went up to 25-pound dumbbells, and, like, by the last one, I was shaking pretty good. But, you know, like, lifting weights makes me feel empowered. Like, I was like, yes, I just did that. I kind of wanted to go tell my husband. He wouldn't care. But, anyway, that's my proud of myself moment. Jill, do you have a moment in the, that you've been proud of yourself recently? You
1: know, I have to say, um, yesterday, I got, I, ran, I had these crazy experiences yesterday. Huh. Where strangers ended up coming into my life Mm. and making my day so much better. And I just kind of paused at the end of the day and sent these wonderful people who I'd never met in my life a text that said, thank you. And so it was like this appreciation moment of just like, you didn't need to do what you did, um, but you did it anyway. And I appreciate you. So my car got hit in a parking lot and this wonderful lady, yeah. And this wonderful lady sat there and waited for me to come out to tell me what had happened. And I was like, you didn't need to do that, and I appreciate you. Well, she says, here's my number, here's my text, here's the picture of, of the car that, that ran into you. And I ended up texting her later in the day and just said, thank you. I mean, you didn't have to do that. Long story short, she ended up texting me back. We got into this wonderful conversation about life, and so I met a new friend. And so That's I was awesome. like, regardless of, you know, the bad incident, you know, we were meant to be connected. So I have to say my proud of me moment was actually stopped, took the time to appreciate someone who lent a, a special hand. And don't
0: you feel like things like that don't take a lot of time and yet it goes a long way, but yet we also procrastinate or sometimes don't do it?
1: Yeah, it's like you forget to go back and do it yeah. and then life gets in the way. And, and, it's and then you like, do it and you're
0: just like, that was so great. So I'm glad I did that, and you connected with somebody, right? It, because
1: it meant more to the other person, and then she brought more into my life. So it was just a, it was more of a, like a proud of us moment. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and there's good people in the world. I yes. know it felt good, I'm given like you.
1: everything that's going on. It was like there is good in this world. Yes, there are good people. I'm glad. So I,
0: that's a great thanks, story. Chantel. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Chantel. Um, so we're gonna go on to our word of the episode. Word of the episode. Word up. Just like last week's was brought to us by our guest, this week's is also brought to us by our guest. And I think it's a word that most people think they know the definition, so let's see what the real definition is of consistency.
1: (laughs) All right. Consistency. Conformity in the application of something, typically that which is necessary for the sake of logic, accuracy, or fairness. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if
0: that's that seems legit. The example says the grading system is to be streamlined to ensure greater consistency. Hmm. Huh.
1: That's pretty deep. The grading?
0: Like that was just the example. Okay. All right.
1: I think the kicker is conformity.
0: Gotcha. I feel like consistency is one of those things that people want to be consistent and it's a goal for people just in life. Yeah. But it's hard to achieve.
1: Exactly. Right. That is exactly, yes. It is so hard to be consistent. When
0: you say consistency, I'm like, well, I think I know what that means, but... Just because you know what that means doesn't mean you know how to get there.
1: Exactly. And that's what I'm struggling with today, like consistency. Like, say so we're in this new year, right? Yeah. And everyone's got all these great New Year's resolutions. Really? We're going to, like, conquer the world. We got this. We're going to do 25 dumbbells, press, whatever yeah. it is. Every day, all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> and that consistency in maintaining it is hard. Yeah. It is hard. Like, you have, you know, goals and desires and dreams, but the consistency part is the hard part.
0: I struggle with um this constant thought in my brain that if i had 36 hours in a day i'd be able to do You're right what i need to get done and the reality is i've read some books and stuff well i can't control how much time we were given i can only control what we do with that time Good golly, that sounds like a simple concept. That's really difficult.
1: <laughs> time is the one resource you can't get back. Yeah, right. And it's the only thing that you somewhat have control over, but it's it's the most difficult thing to manage. It is,
0: yes, clearly. I mean, I'm I'm still working on it, Jill, so maybe, <laughs> we maybe we all are. We all are. Maybe, maybe <laughs> can help me out today. Um, okay, so going let's let's go ahead and talk about Jill. So Jill and I met. I mean, it was
1: about a month ago. Yeah, right before the holidays. Right
0: before the holidays. Um, so my shout-out number two will be to Janae Olivier because she's the one who introduced Jill and I. And so we had a great lunch that probably could have gone all afternoon. Hours. And I was like, okay, so you need to come on the podcast. So Jill, welcome again. Thank you. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Baton Rouge?
1: No, I am a transplant of Baton Rouge. Okay. So I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Um, but my roots go all the way back to New Iberia, Lafayette, and Burbridge. Okay. So I am like through and through a Louisiana girl. Girl. Yeah, okay, so, so um, she's
0: definitely a Louisiana lady,
1: complete, one hundred percent pure Louisiana lady. Okay, <laughs> um, so I grew up in New Orleans, but I like to say a little bit about all my ancestors that kind of made me me. Yeah. So my grandfather was one of twenty-one. Oh my God, kids! Kids! Yes, I always I always get that reaction. I love it. And so Grandmama and Grandpapa lived on a small plot of land. Yeah, <laughs> wait, wait. wait. Got I'm sorry, we
0: gotta go back to this twenty one <laughs> thing. Is that like the most kids anyone's ever had? Is yeah. That like a record?
1: I don't know. We'd have to look that up.
0: Oh. <laughs> that's like close to the Duggars. I mean <laughs> that's close to I, I am yeah. flabbergasted right now. Okay. Yeah. All right, everybody knows how I get when we talk about children, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> so my grandfather was the oldest of the 21, but Grandma Mom and Grandpa Paul lived off of a dirt road in Brobridge, Louisiana okay. called Chubby Road. It l- r- literally recently just got paved. Oh, okay. okay. And they lived in a two bedroom. So when house. you say a
0: dirt road, it's like an yeah, actual dirt for road.
1: For sure. Okay. Okay. For sure. So, uh, grandpapa and grandmama were farmers. Um, and grandmama, my granny, asked uh, my grandmama, How did you have 21 kids? And she said, Well, you just do what you have to do. <laughs> Okie Sure. Okay. So anyway. um sounds
0: like a lot of work.
1: Right? <laughs> it does. It does, doesn't it?
0: Before, during, and after. Okay.
1: So. But a reason I bring them up is Grandpapa was a farmer and he worked hard. So it was the ethics of just working hard and the consistency of who he was kind of bled through my ancestry, right? So my grandfather ended up saying, well, this isn't after the war. This isn't where I want to be. I'm going to head on to the big city New Orleans. And so he he started from the bottom up um, in New Orleans, found a job in IT at that time was obviously... Back then it wasn't called IT, but in the computer world. Okay. And and made a living for himself. Now, my grandmother... Um, who was his wife. Uh, if you ever met her, she was a feisty individual. She's granny who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, uh, if you ever met her, she'd tell you she built B50, B22 bombers in World War II. Like she was a cool woman. Oh. Okay. And, um, all my life she was the biggest cheerleader, but what she instilled with me, she was, a I have a hospice volunteer and she just saw the good in everyone And so she, together, I kind of feel like their, their genes and their characteristics kind of bled through. Um, Mom is, my mom um, runs an all women business in New Orleans and she's been there for 30 years. So she's a strong woman of work, you know, like.
0: Sounds like she needs to come on the podcast.
1: (laughs) She, she has pushed me all my life to exceed far beyond what I thought I could accomplish. My father is the kind of person that will give water to the garbage man. Like, he just sees what other people need and goes for it. And so I kind of feel like all these people have made me who I am um, throughout my whole life. And so with all these wonderful people in my life, they've pushed me. Um, I came to Baton Rouge to go to LSU. Uh um, And... Graduated in business administration. Mm-hmm. thought I was going to go on to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the part in law school where you have to get a uh, recommendation letter. Mm-hmm. And my law professor said you'd be a miserable attorney. Oh. And At least so, he was honest? Well, I guess. So it was that first time getting feedback um, and looking in the mirror, someone else looking in the mirror for you. Were you devastated? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was an A student in her class and I was like, how could you say that? And she's like, you are not fit to be an attorney. And when you have this dream, right? Like, I'm gonna be an attorney. No, you don't understand, I'm gonna be an attorney. And someone says, no, no. So you pivot and you you, you think like, "What, what do you mean? It's taken me a long time to come to appreciate this person for pivoting me back in the day. Was
0: this person a law school professor, like, or was this pre pre law? She was a
1: professor at LSU. Yeah, okay. but I, I couldn't be more thankful for yeah. her words at the time. It stung, but yeah, she was, she was right.
0: None of us like to be told stuff like that. No,
1: no. So I, I pivoted, decided to go to graduate school, okay. um, and get my master's in business right after I finished my undergraduate. Um, I knew like if I didn't go back to school now, I was never gonna, I was gonna start life and yeah. never have the time to go back. So I apply and full disclosure, I'm a terrible test taker. Okay. okay. You put a time clock there and you give me standardized testing I go under pressure, can't That's think. anxiety. I mean, completely. Okay. Um, so I take the GMAT and I fail, completely fail. Um, and UNO is where I got my master's, mm-hmm. says, sorry, you're not accepted. All my friends get in, all my girlfriends, and I'm, like, devastated. Again, devastated. So part of who I am is I'm not going to give up. Like, I'm going to go on to get a graduate degree. <laughs> I was told I was not going to be an attorney. So what am I going to do? So I tried to get an appointment with the dean at UNO, mm-hmm. and they say, no, 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 no. You don't have the standardized test score to get in. And so I finally just go sit outside his office and said, I'll just wait until you'll you'll let me in. Mm-hmm. And so he, he finally says, come on in. And I was geared with, like, here's all the papers I've written. Here's all the work I've done. And you've got to let me in. You've got to let me in. he says, well, your standardized test scores don't meet what we expect. And... I have a whole theory we could do a whole podcast about standardized test scores because I'm a product of just test testing anxiety and yet could still accomplish a lot like I can do it but don't these do standardized I don't, testing I don't
0: disagree with this whole this thing ahead, right I mean I do tell people when it comes to the CPA exam I'm like I mean you know I got my CPA license which you just let's just be honest initials behind your name just give you a little bit more credibility right <laughs> but I just did better than the other people, honestly, or certain people, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it's just luck of the draw, too. I don't really have test anxiety, but I had when I was a teacher. I had students that had true test anxiety. Yeah. So I'm, I, I can I see it's
1: this. real. Yeah. <laughs> so I negotiate with the dean at UNO <laughs> and I prove to him that I am worthy to be um, in their dra- graduate program, and he says no. Uh, he finally contends and says. We'll let you in on probation. Hmm. So I was like, whew, up until Katrina. And who
0: said that you can't be an attorney? (laughs) Right.
1: Well, ended up getting my (laughs) master's in business from University of New Orleans. So grateful that they let me into the program. Um, And shout out to all the people that have to really give it their all to get what they want. I mean, it doesn't come easy. Um, And that's kind of been the story, right? So as even a woman in the workplace, You can't just settle for no, and you can't just say, oh, well, I guess I don't have it, or I guess that's not me. You have to push. You have to push for what you want. And so that experience kind of fell through all the way into my career. Awesome. So I'm so grateful for my graduate degree. Um, It brought my resume to the top of piles in all the places I've interviewed, and um, that's kind of where my career journey started.
0: You know what's so interesting about that? I feel like when we're in that moment – of hey you you're not going to make a good attorney like that's not for you and oh you didn't get a good enough score on the GMAT you just feel defeated defeated right and and then when you look back on those moments when you've overcome them you're like you know what that's what was supposed to happen exactly I didn't realize that at the time and so just bring it back on myself just a little bit I mean I never made like a team at my grade school and I played like the not, the more that wasn't super competitive. But all of those experiences, I still think that's what made me the person that I am today. Yes. You know, just collectively. And like, I can't yeah. really pinpoint one, but I wasn't necessarily as confident back then. But it's something about doing that and then still making it. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. I feel like I'm sounding very like therapist-like right now, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess I'm, you know, I was told whenever I went back to school, um, I went and talked to somebody at the College of Business, and they told me, because I wanted to get my accounting degree. I had my degree in education, and I went and talked to this um, counselor, and I'll just put it out there. She told me that because I had already had a degree, and I have no idea, by the way, how true this is. This is just what she told me. I will never forget this. My friend Melanie can vouch for me, because I called her right after crying, but she told me because you already have a degree, you're a low priority to get into the College of Business. You will not get into the College of Business. And I was like, and so here I am. I've gone through this career crisis mentally for two years. Talked to my friend Melanie. She basically kind of did the same thing I did. We, we met teaching and I pumped myself up. Okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to try it out. And then you're told that. You're not going to get into the College of yeah. Business. So. I'm stubborn and determined, and I didn't get into the College of Business. I didn't even apply to get into the College of Business. I just took courses as a non-matriculating student to get all the credits that I needed to take the CPA exam, and there you go. That's See? That's what I did. Woman. I want to go back to her. I'm a little bitter. I'm not as grateful for her. <laughs> not yet. You'll careers. come around to that right. one. You're but, but, yeah, but, I mean, that was just like you're, you go in, you're ready, and then you're just defeated. So,
1: well, two things about that, though, Melissa, is the words stick, right? Yes. So, like, words are so powerful. And and part of what we're going to talk about later today is, like, the words of a leader, right? And so, like, when someone says that to you of, of authority and of position and you're not going to make it, you're not going to get in, you crumble. Yeah. And so then you have to find it within yourself to kind of get back up again and that's just a repeated thing, at least in my life, is, like, you got to get back up yeah. again. you got to get so that, that consistency. I, I've done it before. i got to get back up again. Um, and you
0: do think, I will make it, and it will all be okay. Yeah. I do find, though, and I hate to pick on the 20-somethings, but you're a different person in your 20s, right? I right. I mean, you just are. If somebody were to tell me today I couldn't do something, yesterday I'm at Pilates, and the guy's like, y'all could do a burpee, but I've never seen somebody do a burpee with three push-ups. Who do you think did the burpee with three push-ups? You did. <laughs> now, afterwards, I was a little wiped out, but I'm like, oh, you tell me that, and I'm going to do it, you know? So I do find as you get older, you get more confident, and you're know, you you but and you're able to overcome those uh, obstacles a little bit more. But you're right. Yeah. You, you're going to get knocked down
1: Constantly. all your life. Yeah, and you have to. You have to to get back up.
0: Absolutely, and it makes you a better person. Look at that, Jill. Just <laughs> making headway <laughs> all right so let's talk about you know when I met you you're passionate about leadership and and leadership training I believe so let's just talk about your path that you're on right now and how you got there and all that kind of stuff love to so
1: I've been in corporate America gosh for close to 16 years so going on 20 here soon um and I was going through college, I was like, couldn't wait to get into corporate, couldn't wait to climb that ladder, couldn't wait to have that corner office, um, and up until about two years ago, came to a halt for me. Mm-hmm. My goals changed, and what kind of made that change was the experiences that I've had. I worked in the hospitality industry for six years, yeah. and then switched over to oil and gas, government type firms um, here in in Baton Rouge. I always say. In New Orleans, if you're working in the hospitality industry, it's like working for the tech industry in, you know, Southern California. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in Baton Rouge and around surrounding areas, you're in the oil and gas business uh, because it is the tech industry here, if you will. So landed a job here in Baton Rouge. Um, But all that to say, I've worked for, gosh, probably about 12 different CEOs. Oh, wow. In my my career, several different managers, and each leader – taught me something, whether good or bad, Mm -hmm. Um, but that experience has transformed me. So all the people that have led me, managed me, have all left their mark on me in some type of way that takes a little bit to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them knock you down. Some of them pick you up. Um, But most recently, I came into a leader about two years ago that shifted my perspective. And that's a really hard thing to do as a leader is to shift someone's perspective but they found a deeper motivation within me mm-hmm. that has kind of put me on this new path. So, the cultures of each of these organizations that I've worked for have been drastically different. But early on within the hospitality industry, I learned on my own that I would only succeed by understanding the people that worked with me. Mm-hmm. So, in the hospitality industry, as you know, you're in control of absolutely nothing, right. but you are responsible for, for absolutely everything. everything. <laughs> And so if, if the front desk is having a bad day, mm-hmm. if housekeeping is running mm-hmm. behind, whatever it is, my client's going to be upset. And so I learned very quickly, and I love the hospitality industry for teaching me this so quickly, mm-hmm. was you got to understand what everyone in your team is going through. Mm-hmm. So you know when to jump in, you know how to help, mm-hmm. and you know how to lead and guide. I loved the hospitality world just in that it became a family. We worked together as a family. We excelled together. Um, then I moved into, uh, Baton Rouge, got married. So that's why I came to Baton Rouge. We got married. We decided to settle down in Baton Rouge and got into a culture that was really tough. Mm-hmm. It was, you succeeded based on competitive, right? Like who could do it faster, better? Um, who has the better relationships in terms of who knows what in the gossip? It was, sounds toxic. It was toxic, but it was also, yes, toxic is a, is the word I would describe it, but it, it built up this adrenaline, right? So it was like, we ran fast. We worked to a level that I couldn't even imagine doing today with kids. Like we, you would take off your heels in that office and you would just run because it was all about fast-paced, fast-paced. It was entrepreneur uh, culture. So it was kind of it's kind of festered there, but the culture itself kind of started building up this, like I've got to climb this ladder. I want to be at the top. Like I just started kind of becoming those around me. Yeah. Um, I think
0: that's probably not a natural right, thing the, survival too. That envi- yeah. And when you're working in that type of environment, um,
1: so as I kind of moved around the company, I started in, in marketing and events. So I got to travel the world with the company, which was amazing. Got to see a lot of cool places, um, and then we went through just a series of changes. I mean, change after change after change after change. Um, we sold. We we sold again. We sold again. Right. And so this whole change, this idea of change, you had to keep. I had to keep reinventing myself constantly because who I was at in the in the last chapter of the company isn't who I can be in the new chapter of the company. And. While that is a very difficult road over the last, let's say, eight years, mm-hmm. I can find so much gratitude and have having had that experience so early on in my career. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically people come into an organization and they stay. They get comfortable. They get complacent. They're fine. Yeah. When you are forced to go through these changes and you need to hang on to your job, whether it's for pay or for... I don't know, just you you like it. Yeah. And you constantly have to change. You learn a lot about who you are as a person and you learn a lot about what you really want in life. So I'm grateful that we went through those changes even though there was a dark, dark time
0: for me. It's I'm exhausted. It
1: was it's it's been a journey and the friends that have supported me through it can even say like, Oh, I don't even know how you I mean, gotten I feel like it. that's
0: an intensity on a whole new level that I never want to experience and never had. Even in public accounting, it's intense. But we're pretty I, – I, the term the term work-life balance is not one of my favorite terms, right? Because yeah. I think that means different things for different people. I Honestly, agree. You know, Completely agree. I've always told people, I'm like, when somebody comes in, I'm not going to say work-life balance. Because that, to you, to somebody, might mean that you're working from 9 to 3. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I just need somebody who's going to get the job done and work really hard. And whatever that means to that person, you know, but we do – I don't want to say we monitor how much people work, but we do take a look at, you know, because we're on billable time. And when we notice people are like, like ooh, so-and-so clocks so many hours, they don't, sometimes our, our employees don't love this, that we to talk to them. But I just don't want them to burn out. I'm very passionate on I, Family and life to me is first. Yeah. Right? But it's very easy to get sucked in. Oh, completely. Especially if that's the culture. And yeah. it's like. This, this job is the, is the most important thing that you're going to do. You know? Right.
1: Yeah. But you know, I kind of have, I found this gratitude for being in that type of culture. It's taken me a long time, but when you can see this leader in this particular industry pushed you to your max, right? Completely pushed you to your max and you were able to achieve things you never thought you could achieve. You can look back and say, thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: It wasn't necessarily the environment I would have, um, liked to have been in. But uh, I can find gratitude for the way that leader pushed. We accomplished a lot in those days. So a couple of years ago, I came into our new CEO who shifted my perspective. Mm -hmm. And we did a culture training. Okay, so a lot of people get weird when we say like culture training, right? They think it's like cult or like oh here we go again another corporate training Kumbaya. exactly and so I come into this training like oh here we go again new leader new ideas new culture like i You're I'm, like I'm just showing
0: up because I have to right right like let's do this
1: again it's the fifth time we've done this um and I was actually placed next to him in the room and a year later I asked was that purposeful So anyway, we go through this this program as a three-day program. We're completely taken away from work, no laptops, no phones in the meeting, um, in the session, and we go deep about what the culture that we desire looks like. And we're starting to go, okay, You know, You start throwing up the soft stuff, and it goes all the way deep into the values of each individual in the room and seeing the value of everyone else in the room and the strengths of those individuals. And at the end of this session, I started to see who I was and who I no longer wanted to be and started to come back into, this is Jill. This is Jill. Jill always wants to make sure that people are taken care of. I want to help. I want to be a part of the solution, but I'm tired of running. I am tired of this competitive nature. I mean, you need it in business, but competing within your own team, is just not fun. And it shifted me. That
0: sounds terrible. And I'm a competitive person, but I prefer teamwork. Yes, me too.
1: I I love working with people, um, which is a lot of people don't, but I do. I think people are fascinating. I love learning about them. I'm also fascinated by people. Yeah, I think everyone has their story, and everyone has their place in the universe. And I want to know why, and I want to know more about them. And that's why we have guests on the podcast, Yeah.
0: Every guest is like, what am I going to talk about? I'm like, trust me, you have a story. You just don't know it yet. (laughs) I'll get it out of you. Okay, keep
1: going. So... I go through this development training or this culture training. We institute it full blown into the organization. I become one of 23 people asked to lead this, this way, this culture. We, I mean, we booster shot it and we get 3000 people trained and you start to see the change, within the organization running faster, everyone's like just happy. Like, you know, you go from, you could see when you walk into the office, the mood and it's like or it's like, yeah, hey, how are you doing? Like when I walked in here and they were like, hey, how are you doing? Can I get your coffee? Can I get you this? And I was like, oh, this is nice. Thank you. Um, and you could just tell genuinely when people are happy to be yeah. where they are.
0: That's amazing that that organization could do that, by the way.
1: It is, because I literally thought it was impossible. <laughs> me too. I
0: thought it was impossible. <laughs> I,
1: I, I even told our CEOs, like, this is going to be impossible. And he looked at me and he said, if anyone – can do this. It's going to be you. And I was like, me? And he said, yes. And so it takes a leader seeing something within you to kind of push you again to that next level. And so I stopped full in my tracks and said, you know what? I don't even want to climb the corporate ladder anymore. What does that really mean? What is the corner office going to do? What is the title actually going to do? And at the end of the day, nothing but give me more work and more responsibility, which I'm at a time in my life where I don't need more responsibility in the organization that I'm working for. I need to start bringing out who I really want to be. Like, mm-hmm. what is my purpose? So the last year has been, what is my purpose? What am I doing? Why am I on this planet? And it's led me to become a John Maxwell coach, trainer, and facilitator. Yeah. And so I'm super excited. I just started this journey, gosh, in August. It takes a, a little bit of a financial commitment, so it took a little bit of time Um But I'm super excited about this next step. Still working full-time. This is just kind of the next chapter of who I want to be.
0: So let me ask you this. John Maxwell, I know a little bit about him, but I don't know a lot. So what, you know, how'd you get there?
1: Yeah. So we gave, uh, back in the day, we gave these little books. I think they're like four by five. Okay. To our clients as a gift. And I was always in charge of just finding the gifts for the clients. And... I was like, oh, this book looks good, and it's like, How Successful People Think. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's a cool book. I'll just package it up, give it out. I mean, it a, I think it's like nine ninety nine. so it was a great gift um, for clients. And so packaged it all up, and then I ended up opening it up and really getting into it, and, and uh, How Successful People Think is a John Maxwell book. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, let's get some good stuff. I am a, quote, junkie. So I love quotes from people who have made a difference in the world. I do too. I mean, you could be Margaret Thatcher or you could be Abraham Lincoln. It doesn't matter to me. Or you could be just Melissa Torito, and I'm capturing a quote from you okay. because it just if there's some words that string together that make me think differently, I'm gonna write it down. Yeah. Um, and his books are jam packed with just wonderful ideas from great people, people who have achieved greatness. And so, I
0: like books like that, too. Yeah. That ta- You know, I read some business books, and sometimes I feel like a few of them are just very repetitive. Like, I could get everything out of the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay? But I like the ones that tell stories because I feel like that, I don't know. It's like a real life example or something like that. Yeah. These
1: books are like telling the story of these leaders too. So it's. Let's link this
0: book in our show notes to Lainey and might want to jot it down for client gifts. (laughs) Go ahead there, Jill. Thank you for the suggestion. So
1: I came into just touching on his work from that gift and then I found his podcast uh, which he interviews Carly Feder. Fe- I must say her, wa- her name wrong. The CEO of Hewitt Packer back okay. in the day, Carly yeah. Federini. I- I'm not good with uh, okay. as, uh, uh pronouncing things. So. He <laughs> interviewed Kat Cole. He uh, interviews Rachel Hollis. I don't know if anyone yeah. here is mm-hmm. famous uh, likes Rachel Hollis. He interviews all these. Uh, Steve Harvey was one of his last ones, mm-hmm. which was you know, his interview with Steve Harvey is hilarious yeah. but fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I got hooked on the podcast. I started exploring more. I didn't even know that there was this whole network of becoming a John Maxwell coach. I love reading his books. I love sharing his books. I love talking about his work. And so I came into doing a little bit more research and learned, oh, well, you can actually get certified to do this and help others. And so I was going to look into it. Financial investment was quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then I finally jumped in. Like, all right, we're going to do this. Got my husband on board. We're just gonna do this. I know it's a little bit more, but I just wanna do this. And so I'm fully engaged, gonna take this class, this course. I'll also become a certified youth coach, facilitator, and trainer, which to me, a speaker and trainer, which to me is kind of where I'm getting pulled. I don't know. Okay. I feel like I'm getting pulled in a certain direction because leaders in the next generation are coming from the children today. Mm-hmm. And so right now, John Maxwell says, "We're leadership sad. Like the world is leadership sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you really look to as a leader right now mm-hmm. in this in this crazy times? And we've got to kind of instill values back into into the world. And he does that. He has a great nonprofit that I hope one day I can be a part of. But it's just this whole pivot really came from this one leader two years ago that said, Find what you're really meant to be and who you are created to be, and just completely shifted me. Wow,
0: that's, that's I don't know, that's deep. I guess it is know? very and, deep and, and life changing too. So, um, so as a John Maxwell certified coach, would yep. be a coach. Okay, yep. D- with the, so what you're looking to do is have sessions with corporate companies, leadership trainings, or is it more one on one? Just kind of curious. It could be both. Okay,
1: um, I hope my dream that needs to still be detailed out is I don't want to define what that looks like just yet because it could be groups. It could be individuals, but you have to kind of walk into wanting to have a coach. We've talked about you and I before about coaches in our past life. Coaches bring you to that next level. I mean, even if you think about athletics, you know, you're a great coach. um, But coaches help you see what you might not see yep. or that wall and I had a great coach uh, not only in the CEO but aside I had a great coach and brought me to a whole new level and so I want to do that for other people yeah because I think it, it I think everyone has a little bit more inside of them that is a purpose
0: I'll be honest and I'm gonna say this put that put this out there I think every leader Every leader needs a coach. I agree. Every leader needs a coach. I mean, if you even take something like football, the quarterback probably knows 95% of what needs to be done, but they also have a coach. You know, I have benefited. I had my coach on the podcast, Devin Lemoyne, and I have benefited because she will challenge me and put things in perspective and also push me, you know, but not, but in a good way. But the key to this, you have to want to be coached. Correct. And I think there's a lot of leaders that don't think that they need a coach. Right. And I mean, this is kind of a bold statement, but I just feel like just like employees, even if they don't want to be leaders, most of them always want to, most of us always want to do better. Right. We always want to do better. Right. And so just because you've made it as a business owner or partner or CEO, that doesn't mean that you know everything, you know, um, Clearly, I say that on the podcast all the time. I'm like, I don't. We don't know what we're doing with this podcast. <laughs> we're winging it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that's great, and I think that I do think that it's possible um, generationally, like the youth. You know, we we have this opportunity with our youth to really to coach them into being great leaders, and so um, I love this. I would never be a coach. I would be a Why?
1: coach. Why? I think that's what you're be a lunch. great coach. Oh,
0: no, no, no. I would just turn the conversation back on me. I'd be like, okay, so you're having a bad day, but let's just talk about me. I mean, at <laughs> least I'm self aware to know that. Uh, I'm really great to go and have wine with. Yes. Yeah. But, but a formal coach, no, this person would be like, I'm never going to pay you ever again. <laughs> Love it. So, um, Okay, so aren't you doing something in a couple of months or maybe next, some roundtable? Yes, to I am about? super excited about this. Okay. So
1: John's coming out of his new book called Change Your World. Okay. I think it gets released late January. Don't quote me on a date. but um, And he's asked those that are training to be coaches or those that are to host transformation tables. Okay. And, of course, I was like, oh, pick me, pick me. Um, and so what we're doing is we're doing value-based leadership development lessons for free for free. So this is, I'm going to do this. And it's, it's the gift of time is, is the, the, the charge. And that's your gift of time and my gift of time. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a table of about eight people. Um, whoever signs up first gets a seat at the table. If we need to have more tables, we'll look into that. Okay. Um, but it's value based leadership discussions. And we encourage in these tables and these sessions, self reflection, and consistent action and holding us all accountable. Okay. So I look forward to it. We're going to dive deep into the book as we go through each of the sessions. It's only six weeks long, um, one hour a week. Oh, one hour a week that's for it. six weeks? Yeah. That's not
0: much. over... That's no. And it, it's here in Baton Rouge?
1: Yes. So it's going to be all virtual. I'll host it. Oh, um okay. And I want everyone to get on board. I, I'd love to have, like, multiple tables if we could. Um, and so we try to keep it to six for purpose reasons, just so we can um, dive deep. And collaborate. And yeah. collaborate. Yeah. yeah. So if um, anyone is interested in signing up to be at one of my tables, um, go ahead and email me at begin today five four three two one at gmail.com.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. So if you've ever listened to Mel oh, Robbins, oh, yeah. she goes five four three two one.
0: I told somebody I told somebody that not about mail. I mean, I use that, but I yeah. do the 54321. I just had somebody in the office say, I need to become a morning person to exercise. And I said, She goes, How do you do it? I said, Well, I've done it for so long. It's ingrained yeah. in me. I don't think about it. But I'm pretty sure when I started, I was like, 54321, get up. Yeah. 54321. I love that. I'm like, yeah. I guess, so I Yes. So begin today.
1: 54321. I love one.
0: it. Okay. We'll drop that. We can drop that in the show notes too. Um, I'm like, Maybe I'll do this. <laughs> sounds like I, I could hope use you this. do. I, sounds like I could use it. All right. So, we're going to kind of wrap up, Jill, so I can keep it in time. But I like to ask our guests um, some FAQs, which okay. is frequently asked questions. It's okay. five awesome questions. Love it. I don't really actually think awesome is an appropriate word, but we're going to just pretend. Okay? So yep. this is just an either or. You'll figure this out. Oh, by the way, Patrick, my husband, he told me today because it was 5 o'clock this morning. I was emailing these questions to myself. He's like, just use the same questions every episode. And I'm like... No. What do you think, Lane? You should ask the same questions.
1: I like the mix-up. Thank you. Like, we can repeat some. Yeah. But I like I like keeping it fresh. Anyway,
0: <laughs> Patrick. You know. Yeah, so, okay. Would you prefer to handwrite something or type something?
1: Oh, hands down, handwrite. I'm okay. all about stationery. Okay.
0: Would you per- now? These are very random. Jokes. No,
1: I'm loving this. First keep, question was great. Keep
0: in mind, I don't know you very well, so I'm just going okay. Would you prefer a massage or a pedicure? A massage. (laughs) And no lie, people, I'm not Googling these questions. (laughs) These are actual questions that pop into my brain. All right. Would you prefer a king cake or a chocolate cake?
1: King cake. Okay.
0: On a vacation, would you prefer to plan it all out or just wing it?
1: Ooh. (laughs) Okay. So this is a deep question because my husband is the planner of our vacations because when it comes to vacation, I just want to not do anything. Like, I don't want to think. Me too. And so I wouldn't, I would have someone else plan it, but if I were doing it, I'd probably wing it, Okay. which probably wouldn't be very efficient. It's okay. We don't
0: need to be efficient on vacation. (laughs) All right. And would you prefer flats or heels?
1: Oh, this is another deep question for me. Because like, look, when I was wanting to climb that corporate ladder, I was in stilettos. I mean, people in airports were like, why is she wearing heels? And now I don't think I've put my foot in a stiletto in over a year because of COVID. And I'm like, I don't know how I can go back. So we'll talk about, I want to talk about this just a little bit, (laughs) because it
0: seems really silly that it's the shoes, but like, Man, when I've got a good pair of heels sometimes, cool. like if I'm giving a presentation. You can rock it. And I'm wearing, like, the color red. I am like, you will listen to me. <laughs> I yes. I kill this presentation. But if I wore flats, I'd kind of feel like I wasn't as powerful for like, some wall, reason. Wall. Yeah. Here you
1: go. Have you ever seen the Amy Cuddy TED Talk where she talks about before you give a presentation opening your arms and your brain?
0: I have not seen that, but there was somebody, and like, oh, her name is going to escape me, but where you do, like, the Wonder Woman pose. Where yes. You play, is that yes, her? That's her. Okay. And you see, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like
1: that in heels. Yeah. Like, it's like my superpower. Yeah. Like, if I had a cape, it's my heels. Let's
0: just be honest. I just look better in heels, okay? I think everyone does. But, like, good grief, they're uncomfortable. So They are.
1: So, they are, but they look so good. They look so good.
0: <laughs> if I'm going to meet a client or a prospect or a referral source, even if I'm not, like, super dressy, I'm going to put on a pair of heels.
1: You know what's funny? You Janae, who introduced us, she constantly is like, why are you in heels? What are you doing in heels? Like, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like it's a heel day. I it's a heel to, day. I need to feel powerful. I need to feel like I'm doing something. So
0: on the flip side, I'm a little jealous of the people that can rock a good pair of flats.
1: You know, but I think about nurses and doctors and I'm like, you guys get to like, you you can't wear heels. You get to wear comfortable shoes. Like... (sighs) oh <sighs> and it and like I, I envy that too yeah. like
0: well, there's a there's a couple you know there's people that I know that don't wear heels but they still look adorable in dresses and very professional I put on a dress with a pair of flats and I mm-hmm. look like I have tree trunks yeah it
1: does legs. not work it doesn't work I, for me I just either.
0: can't I can't do it yeah. I mean I'm sure it's all self-inflicted but anyway <laughs> all right so <gasps> thank you Jill we'll drop all, yeah, all the information bet. and we're gonna wrap up really quick so uh normally I wrap up with a things that make us happy things that make us happy Okay. And so I'm going to say that it's Pandora, the music. Okay. So let me just, first of all, I like music. Okay. I like podcasts, but I like yeah. music. But I'm going to throw this out for anybody that gets bored one night. Okay. So this is going to sound really silly. But th- Patrick and I, like, this is a couple of years ago, maybe last year. I feel like, I feel like from now on for the rest of my life, I'm going to say before COVID and after, after COVID, if there's an after COVID, this was before COVID. And we're sitting around, um, by, you know, the fire or whatever, and we're just chatting, and I think I started playing Pandora in the background, and then we started trying to guess the song that came on next, and we were giving each other, like, 20 seconds to guess the song. So, it's, that sounds really silly, but we did it for almost two hours. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> okay.
0: That's amazing. So, 80s music is kind of, you know, it's kind of my jam, so, like, you know, let's see if Jill can guess Oh, Hold gosh. On. Hold on. Here we go.
1: Dirty Dancing. Oh, hungry Eyes. Hungry yes! Eyes.
0: Okay. But like, and then you just go to the next one. So we'll see the next one. Chill, you gotta
1: know this Oh, one. Lady in Red. Yes. That was my prom song. Okay. So, <laughs> if anybody wants nice to make this really
0: compete, thank you, Pandora. <laughs> That's why it makes me happy. just pulls those songs. So I could, I did not pick those songs. That was, that was amazing. Very random. So, uh, the way we do it is if you guess the song, you get a point. If you get the art, guess the artist, you get a point, and if you guess both, you get two points.
1: Oh my god! Oh, do we have score sheets? Like I feel like we can trademark yeah. this game. Did
0: this at the did this at the beach with my my brother and sister in law. They were kind of like okay, and then they got you know you get into. I it.
1: want. We need to create this game. So I love this
0: we should i don't know how we can do that jill but we
1: can make an app god i mean when janae was here
0: janae's like let's create a planner okay anyway so y'all somebody will thank me at some point that i've brought this up and i don't know if you can do it with kids i guess you could pick songs that they're listening to but it's it's funny like when we when patrick and i were like first joking around i'm like it has been two hours (laughs) wait so go
1: again you have you get a point for guessing the name yeah of the song and a point for the artist right so you could guess okay. either
0: one because sometimes okay. you know the artist but you don't know right. the name of the song and so I don't want to you know we got to give credit where credit is due and yeah. so then if you guess both and you got to give a time limit because if not the song's going to keep going on and eventually right, right. sometimes yes. the title's going to come out so our
1: time limit was 20 seconds love it and then we'd pause it I'm totally playing in this game I'm stealing <laughs> this and playing it tonight <laughs> it's really fun with wine okay? oh I, I bet it's even better with wine <laughs>
0: Anyway, all right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Thank you, Jill. Yeah, it was a thanks pleasure talking me. to you. And, um, again, meet the podcast, you know, connections with people. I have a new friend. <laughs> um, we are on social media. I think we said that at the beginning of the podcast. But just to reiterate, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We have an email address. That is so long-winded. Louisiana Podcast at gmail.com. Or please reach out to myself directly or Maggie, who is not with us today. Um, and we would love to talk to you guys and get some feedback. If you have guest suggestions, we would like that too. So, uh, anyway, that's it for today and get in touch with Jill. If you guys want to sign up for her, um, round table, what's the date that that starts? Do you have a date? It'll
1: begin in February, early February.
0: So if somebody signs up, I'm assuming then you send out email communication. You bet. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, till next time. Thanks again, Jill. Thanks. Bye everyone.